0: Governor's race. in-depth coverage on KSL news radio
1: is like night and day. Utah Governor's debate between Republican Spencer Cox and Democrat Chris Peterson last night, civil, professional, informative. Nothing at all like last night's presidential debate. Thank goodness.
0: <laughs> it even ended in an elbow bump between the candidates. <laughs> Holy cow. like, I want to vote for both of them right now. (laughs) It was so refreshing. I loved it. A breath of fresh air. Uh, We're going to talk to Doug Wright in just a moment. He moderated the debate. I'm dying to know what his takeaway was because he's moderated a lot of debates in his day.
1: About the only topic that maybe got a little spicy was COVID-19. Democrat Chris Peterson criticizing the state's handling of the pandemic. It's about saving people's lives. People's jobs are on the line. Small businesses are collapsing. And it was clear to me that our coronavirus response was careening off track. And in fact, it did careen off track. But Republican Lieutenant Governor Spencer Cox saying... We're doing better than most states.
0: Every time I start to feel bad about where we are as a state, I talk to my colleagues a- across the country. And they will tell you that Utah is doing it the right way. We're working together and we're going to continue to lower the-, the rate of spread of this virus and save lives. And this is one of those situations, Debbie, where they're both right. They're both right. Is there something we could have done differently or better? Are we on track right now? No, no. Are we still doing fairly well compared to others? Yes. Uh, if you're looking for perfection in the way you respond to COVID 19, it's never going to happen because no one's ever been through this before.
1: Let's bring on uh, KSL News Radio's Doug Wright. Good morning, Doug. Good morning. I know you moderated the debate last night, which I listened to on KSL News Radio. I had it on my Alexa. So. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, Chris Wallace, right out of the gates, had such a difficult time controlling uh, President Trump and then also then Joe Biden. Uh, you kept things civil last night. How did you do it as a moderator? Or was it just because the candidates, uh, you know, showed up in, uh, very and very, handled themselves very professionally?
2: I think it's a combination of everything. We just have a different style here in Utah, thankfully. And uh, you, you've mentioned that I've uh, moderated, you know, quite a few debates, and that's true and uh, almost all of them, without exception, have been uh, very cordial over now many, many decades. One got a little uh, tense, but <laughs> it was the uh, uh, Salt Lake County Sheriff's race years ago, Pete Catullus and uh, Aaron Kennard, and I remember that one got pretty tense, and there were a few others, and they've had some spicy moments, but in Utah, we do it differently. You know, we, we don't expect the World Wrestling Federation. We don't expect, you know, people to be crashing chairs over each other's heads, which unfortunately is what this has become. It is, it is absolutely ridiculous. And at the national level, everybody's to blame. The American people are to blame. I'm, I'm sorry. Send me hate mail. But we have come to expect this. And we see a debate as boring. If uh, somebody isn't just absolutely going off the rails, moderators are to blame. I'll, I'll tell you, you know, when they lay out the rules and then they do not adhere to them, and I think sometimes almost, you know, go for it, they're to blame, the candidates are, are to blame. The the whole environment today, where we are just steeped in controversy and snarkiness and calling names, and we absolutely sit back and relish. We'll turn off a perfectly good, you know, television program or radio program that is enlightening us, and we'll, we'll want to see the blood sport instead. So there's blame to be to be seen everywhere, and I think the epitome. It is the worst moment in American politics that I have ever witnessed last night. It was an embarrassment. And I'll tell you one thing, too. There's always an instigator. There's always a prime mover. And I'm sorry, send me the hate mail. It was not Joe Biden. It was not Chris Wallace. It was the president of the United States, and it was disgraceful.
0: Uh, As we listen to the uh... the gubernatorial uh... debate there's so many elements and and topics that we hit so let's try to narrow it down just a little bit a very important uh... topic was the price of housing especially if we have kids i wasn't sure either candidate had a great plan did where did you come away with that
2: yeah i didn't walk away with something that i latched onto and thought well gosh that's a really really good idea both acknowledged the problem uh, the, uh, this was a question that I was determined to get out there and, uh, Lad Egan from Channel 5 also followed up on that. We've got, as I mentioned, yeah, I didn't want it to be all COVID all the time, although that's extremely critical right now. But there's going to be a time in the not too far distant future where COVID will primarily, will always be dealing with the aftermath of it and so on, but it'll be in the rear view mirror. Of Utah, and So when you look at the growth and our population doubling by the year 2050, there are so many infrastructure uh, issues we need to be talking about. Quality of life so concerns me in the state of Utah. And affordable housing is a huge part of that. And uh, you're right. I didn't see... This is what we're going to do on that. Here's the answer. Here's the path. Here's what is in my platform, my plan. I, I didn't hear that, but I was at least uh, interested that both of them saw it as a as a big issue and something that needs to be addressed.
1: One of the things uh, um, Chris Peterson brought up was having uh, more walkable communities. Uh, it sounded like more like a, a live, work, and play kind of community where we're not all having to drive cars, but I still didn't hear uh, how do we get there. How we yeah. get there when we're already so spread out and so many of us rely on a freeway system to get to and from work.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and in light of what's happening in COVID, where we are discovering we can to, uh, conduct business at a distance, you know, there was this idea you know, a decade or so ago where it's, and Brocky Anderson, <laughs> ironically, Pointed this out, we need to, to become city dwellers again. We need to have walkable communities. We need to have friendly environments. We need to have street vendors. We need to have local communities where you can shop just maybe in the basement of your building. And uh, some of that indeed has happened. But what's going to happen now, I think many people have said, you know, I can, uh, you know, move down to wherever, fill in the blank. And uh, rather than going to downtown Salt Lake City or downtown Provo or some urban area, each and every day. So, yeah, I, again, not a lot of plans on that, but certainly that walkable community concept and the not having to have two cars uh, is <laughs> is probably part of our future.
0: Yeah. Two, three, four cars. I, I don't want to admit how many cars <laughs> I have in my driveway, but yeah, thank you so much, Doug Wright. We appreciate that. Yeah, Debbie, we have to be able to move more north or more south and not feel like we're living on the moon.
1: And I do think that is, besides the pandemic, which we're in now, and it will eventually pass, certainly housing prices are one of the biggest issues facing. I know my kids, your kids, and a lot of our, you know, listeners' children as well, so... Coming up, we found out how criminals are using a seedy underbelly of the Internet called the Dark Web to sell illicit drugs, deliver them to doorsteps. U.S. Attorney John Huber calls in live with a crash course in how it may be going down in our own homes in secret.